Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. I'm your host, Tim Seckler, and today I am joined by, can I call you a living legend? Um, he, he's a, uh, a client and somebody that, that I just find to be uh, just a fascinating guy. Um, so with this show, we sometimes talk about legal technical things, and sometimes I just bring in some people that I find interesting. Uh, in my line of work, I meet a lot of people, and, and the fellow you're going to hear about today is one of the most interesting people I've ever met, and uh, you're really going to enjoy this. Um, before we get into to hearing about Mr. Buckler and all of his stories, um, if you haven't heard of my law firm before, we are the Seckler Law Firm headquartered in Mars, Pennsylvania, but we help folks kind of across western Pennsylvania. You can reach us anytime at 724-841-1393 or check us out at secklerlawfirm.com. That's S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. And so in my office where we're recording this today, I am joined by one Mr. Bob Buckler, who is a, uh, a sort of a, a living legend in my in my mind? I don't talk about it a lot on the radio, but I'm a I'm a combat veteran. I served in Afghanistan a few years ago. Uh, Mr. Buckler is a World War II veteran, which in my practice, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I met a lot of World War II veterans, and anymore, I'm meeting more Korean Vietnam veterans. And so, um, this gentleman has some some fantastic stories. He's a native Pittsburgher. You grew up in Glenshaw, right, Mr. Buckler? I grew up in Lawrenceville. He grew up in Lawrenceville, and so, um, so right after high school, you end up finding yourself in in the army, correct? I didn't finish high school. Didn't even finish I, high I, school. I went. Uh, I was a senior, and I went two months of school in Shaler because the family moved out that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a couple of months, I decided to join the army. It was time to get out of high school and into the army. Now, were they taking high schoolers into the army during World War Two? It you, took me. You pulled somebody's. Uh, you pulled somebody's no, I was leg all, there. I was. Yeah, I turned eighteen, so I was allowed to go. You were allowed to go. All right. So you find yourself. Uh, where did you train? Where did you do your training for the army? Well, uh, when I first went in, uh, they told me what a great place that would I, I could go to if I wanted to fly. Okay. So you end up you end up joining an air crew, right? No, uh, they sent me to Atlantic City for my basic training. Okay, basic training. Then they sent me to uh, Laredo, Texas for gunnery school because they said if I went to gunnery school school for five weeks, I'd come out a sergeant. That work out for you? Then if I flew, I got 50% more for flying. Okay, all right. So you accepted all those deals. Well, I thought they were great. Yeah, <laughs> until you found yourself flying. So where was so you, a, after training? After you get done in this, you're you're in the middle of World War II. What was this? Nineteen forty three, forty four, forty two, forty two. Where did you? Uh, where was your first assignment after you got out of school? Out of out of the training. Well, we met at an airport down in Texas to meet our crew that was going to be on the plane. So they. Let us practice on a B-17. Okay. And after a month or so of that, then they sent us overseas 
Where were you stationed overseas? I was stationed in uh, just north of London, about 80 miles. Okay, so you're, you're stationed in London in 1942. Well, I, that was in 43. 43. Then. So this is a couple years before me, but as I understand it, it was pretty hot over there at the time. What what type of plane were you in? I was a tail gunner on a B-17. They call it the Flying Fortress. Uh-huh. That's that's fantastic. So for those people that are listening and they don't know what a tail gunner is, why don't you explain that uh, real briefly? Well, I sat back in the tail section of the plane, uh, right under the back rudder, and I had... Two fifty caliber machine guns that I was able to shoot. So you'd shoot at the at the bad guys chasing you. They were chasing us on your right. bombing run. Right. So you had you had the six. You had the rear security for the aircraft, right. right? How many missions did you end up doing? I ended up doing twenty two and a half. <laughs> twenty two and a half, and, and the half is where the story really gets interesting. I'm sure, but I'm sure before before the half mission which we're going to talk about a little bit. All right, so so talk to me about this. I mean, people in my generation, people anymore, you know, they don't understand what was going on there, right? So you're stationed in London. It's not, you know, anymore you can get on the phone and call home whenever you want, but I suppose that wasn't really the case then. So you're over there. How long were you over there? Your first 22 missions, how long were you there? Well, I got there. Our first mission was at the end of uh, 1943 in November. Okay. Our last mission was February 24 in forty in, four. In so over, what, four months, five months, you were up in the air 22 times on bombing runs. Right. And, uh, and so most of them, it, it, true or false, most of them ended up okay, you know, as, as far as your crew and your, your aircraft. Except, and our, except our 22nd mission. <laughs> Okay. Uh, we had a we picked up a brand new plane in, in the states and took it over with us. Mm-hmm. And on our twenty second mission, it got showed up so bad that was the last mission. All right. So what happened? Well, we were bombing in Frankfurt. Okay. And we had an engine shot up. Then the fighters come and start shooting at us. We didn't know whether we were going to make it back to England or not, but the pilot says we might make it to the channel. Then we lost another engine, so we're flying with two engines so and losing four-engine aircraft, right? Four-engine aircraft. Okay, so you're down two engines. One we're on down both two sides. engines. Yeah, and there was two fighters chasing us, and we got close to the channel. A couple of Spitfires came, chased the fighters away, and. Then we lost another engine, and we were all set to set that in the channel. Mm-hmm. But the pilot says, "Well, we got one engine going, and the, the Spitfires are leading us to the closest port, or airport. Air, airport. Yeah, and we landed with one engine going." Just hearing this story, I, I've got like. World War Two movies in my mind, like this, this, this story. It, it yeah. should be made a movie. So you've got to be terrified. You're you're in an aircraft. We're all ready to set that in the channel. About yeah. ready to ditch it in the water, yeah. which has its own risks, of course. And now you're on one engine trying to get across the water, right? Yeah. Okay. And and but you did. So where did you end up? We ended up in an airport, just on the other side of the channel. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the pilot says, if, if we don't land, we're going to crash. But we landed safe. All right. What country? Uh, so now you, that, that was in England. So now you're in England. Now we're in England. Okay. And that was the last time that plane flew. All right. And that was our 22nd mission. So that was the 22nd mission. Mm-hmm. So now here you are. You've essentially been shot down. The plane didn't crash, but you yeah. forced landing mm-hmm. back in England. So you're on friendly side, uh, the friendly side of the lines, everything, you know, and, and I guess mm-hmm. they get you back to your base eventually, right? Well, yes. Uh, we landed there. It was late in the afternoon. And, uh, of course, the uh, English... Fighters, they, were, they had a bunch of them there, and they were always happy to see the Americans because they used to land at our base once in a while. Okay. So they treated you well. They treated us well. Then the next morning, our group sent a plane down to pick us up, and that was the last time we'd seen that plane. And the name of the plane was Glory Girl. Glory Girl? Had the top part of the Statue of Liberty on it. <laughs> You know, in my experience here recently, if you started painting stuff on the side of military equipment, you'd probably get you'd probably get written up or, or you know lose a stripe or something uh, like that anymore. But uh, this is uh, this is fantastic. All right, so just in case people tuned in late, you are listening to uh, the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Secular Law Firm. Uh, we're an estate planning law firm. Sometimes these episodes are, are legal technical. We talk about things like wills and trusts. You can check us out at our website, secularlawfirm.com. But for today's episode. I, uh, I invited uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Buckler uh, to join me. Bob has been telling stories of his service in World War II. And if you haven't put together um, so far by his stories, this general, this, uh, this sir is a, uh, he's just a hero in my mind. He did things back in 1943 and 44 that, uh, that they make movies about these days, which is just, it's, it's great to hear this story. I'm glad we're getting it. I'm glad people are going to get to hear your story here. So uh, you were just getting done sharing your your twenty second mission, right? So then you're you're now on the English base, but they get you back to the U.S. base somewhere. Right? Well, well, we got back the next day. Okay, they, they should be back pretty quick. And then, how long until you're up in the air again? You get a new airplane because that was the last time you saw that one. We didn't get a new airplane. <laughs> we got an airplane. We got an airplane. Uh, usually, if you put twenty five missions in. You got back to the States. Okay. And this was our 23rd mission. So you guys are old-timers by now. We got a plane that had a, over 30 missions on. Okay. And uh, well, they didn't even give us a, a day to try it out. They just gave it to us the morning of the Here's mission. Your plane and it's loaded. Right. Get on up. All right. So you're going back over Germany again? No, we're going to Poland. We're going to Poland this time. And uh, before we get on the plane, they take us into a large room and tell us what our mission is. And they usually have curtains on the wall, and they pull those curtains up, and they have a ribbon showing from where our base is to where we're going to bomb. Okay. This mission, our, ordinarily our mission's around 10 Ten hours. This mission was over 13 hours. We had two bomb bays. One bomb bay had bombs in it. The other one had an extra gas tank in it. Extra fuel. Well, we were bombing an aircraft engine factory in Poland. 13 hours. How many How many aircraft are on this mission? There's about 18 of us. Yeah. 
That's got It's just got to be impressive to see. You know, you see it in the movies now anymore, but you see 18 aircraft flying in, in B-17s flying yeah. in formation on a bombing run. And this bombing run, we were sent sent up over Norway and down into Poland. We didn't have any fighter protection because none of them could go that far. They couldn't go 13 hours. Yeah. They had the main mission that day. They sent over 100 planes bombing down in southern Germany. That was to attract all the fire protect all the fighters down there. That so way. you guys could sneak in a different way. Right. Okay. Well, we dropped our bombs. And coming out, we lost an engine. Then we start mechanical failure. Or you were hit. No, you were uh, flat hit. Yep. Okay. So the pilot was watching his uh, gauges, and he says, "I think we're losing gas." So you, right now, in your mind, you got to think this is twice. You know, we've already been hit once. We just we just crash landed the plane. What a week ago? Yeah. A week a week prior, and now here we are. We're hit again. So we're going. Through we're this. hit again, and this plane had all kind of damage. Patches on it, <laughs> right? You're, you're 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 driving a used vehicle up there, and <laughs> yeah. all right. So you're losing fuel. You were losing fuel, and uh, he had the engineer ch- check on where we might be losing fuel and how quick. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, we might be able to make it to the North Sea. We could land in the North Sea." And about fifteen twenty minutes after that, the pilot says, "Our gauges are going down." He says, we better find a, something else to do. They decide to go and hunt the neutral country, which was Sweden. Okay. So we headed for Sweden, and we had to leave the group. We were flying by ourselves, and a couple of fighters come after us, and they start shooting at us. So uh, now you're on your own. You we're were on our own. Did any of the other 18, the other 17 crap, none of them? No, no. Okay. So now you're on your own. You got fighters on you, right? And you're the tail gunner. And I'm the tail gunner. So you're letting them have it. To well, the you can. we were shooting at them, but then the 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 uh, bombardier told the pilot, "I see some clouds down below us. Maybe we could lose these fighters if we get into those clouds." Mm-hmm. So he done his best, got us out of the clouds as fast as possible. And we flew about a half hour through these clouds, and the navigator says, we better get below the clouds to see where we are. <laughs> you don't have, you know, it, it, my vision of an aircraft right now has GPS and has all this stuff. you got, you got to get out of the clouds to look down yeah. and try to, try well, to figure out where we And going. when we got down, he didn't know we were in Sweden or over Denmark. Okay. And the pilot says, uh, well, we're losing gas. We better find some place we could land. Mm-hmm. So we went over the we went over to Sweden, but we didn't know whether we were in Sweden or not. But then some uh, ships were down on the shoreline, and they start shooting at us. Well, then he he wasn't sure at all where the hell we were. <laughs> but anyway, we kept. We had to keep going down a place to land, which we did do, and we landed. We got the end of the runway, stopped the plane. And, and you don't know who's coming down after you. You have but no the, idea if they're friendly or anything. They, we had an army around us. Mm-hmm. 
They didn't speak English, and we didn't speak Swedish. <laughs> I can only imagine. This is this is an incredible story. I hope I hope people listening to this show. Well, how well when we get when we got out of the plane, the uh, army start going through the through our plane, mm-hmm. and I tried to trying to tell them not to go in there. All the, we had twelve fifty caliber guns in there, and they were all loaded. If they touched the trigger. They're going to be shooting their own men. They were shooting their own people. But it took me quite a while until a, a vehicle come up with a couple officers in it. And one of them spoke English. We told him what was going on with people running in and out of the plane. Mm-hmm. So he understood the problem. He got the guys away from the gun. Now, yeah. how old were you at the time? I was nine, eight, 19. 19 years old. This is the second time you've been shot down in a week, and here you are, and there's a bunch of people speaking speaking yeah. Swedish. And but you, you're starting to piece together. At least they're not shooting at you. <laughs> yeah. so, so if you're if you're 19, yeah. I, I don't want to do the math right now. How how old are you now, Mr. Buckley? I'll be 96. Yeah. 96. 25th of the month. 96. You know, I I just have to. I, I want to get back to the story because it's fascinating. But I yeah. just have to say, as an elder law attorney, I. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking with seniors, you know, and you were just sharp as a tack. What, what's the secret? Good booze. <laughs> Good booze. <laughs> Whatever gets you through. <laughs> old, old habits die hard, I suppose. That's fantastic. All right, all right. so here we are. You're in Sweden, and, and now what happens? So they're a neutral country. They're not They're, they're a neutral home. country. Okay. And uh, after we... Uh, after we got the plane straightened out, the problems with the plane, then they said the first thing you have to do is take a shower. Okay. So you don't bring any bugs or disease. Whatever in. you might have, yeah. So they took us down to where they take their showers. They had a front door and a back door, and they put a guard at each door. So we went in, we started taking our heavy coats off, and we all had 45 pistols on us. And shoulder holsters, but they were under our heavy clothes. So the two guards start, two guards start hollering and screaming, and the army came again. <laughs> they, they hadn't patted you down <laughs> yet, so they had no. You, you guys are walking around their base armed. All right. So it's ten of us, and we all had guns. <laughs> well, then they t- took us in and fed us, and the military from Stockholm came over with a van. Picked us up. And he took us into Stockholm, mm-hmm. and uh, the next morning he got us up, took us to a department store to get civ- civilian clothes. This doesn't sound so. This is almost spa treatment right now. You you got your shower. You're getting some clean clothes. This is the best day you've had in, in six or seven months, probably. <laughs> well, uh, after you got on the ground, of course. Yeah. But anyway, right. <laughs> they t- they told us we were allowed three hundred dollars worth of clothes. Okay. They says, but save enough money to get suitcases that carry them clothes home with okay. you. All right. So we all had civilian clothes. They clean you up. They dress you up. Dressed us up, and then they took us for breakfast, mm-hmm. and they put us on a train to a place called Ratvik, which is about a hundred miles north of Stockholm, but it was on a huge lake up in the mountains where you skied all winter and had sailboats and canoes in the summer. So, 
this is fantastic. So so here you are. You're in you're in combat. You're getting shot at. Your plane goes down. You land in Sweden. Luck of the draw. You're in neutral country, mm. where they're not going to ship you back to the war, right? Because that that was the yeah. way that they did it. And then and then so they they essentially send you to a ski resort in February. Yeah. All right. And uh, and how long were you there? I was. We were there till late. Uh, December, not the late December, the late November. Okay, so you were you were there what nine months, eight nine months, right? In Sweden, right? Um. <laughs> and the end of November, the military c- come up to pay us our pay every month, and uh, he says, and besides that, pack your clothes, you're leaving tomorrow. So, uh, days notice now. Now you're heading out. What um, and and so I, I want to get into to more of what it was like living there for those nine months. Well, we lived in a great hotel where the wealthy people used to come up and go skiing and up in the summertime with their boats and stuff and go fishing. And here's a bunch of American GIs that just randomly end uh, up there. Now they were giving you some some sort of per diem money to spend. Well, or? no, they pay giving us our regular pay. And plus our fifty percent for flying and all that stuff. If my pay was three hundred dollars a month, and that was a lot of money then. Living in a resort town. Living in a resort town, and then after about four months, the fellow come up to pay us. He says, "How about you're getting more money than you can spend?" He says, "How about me saving some of the money for you?" So I left him save a hundred dollars a month out of my pay. Which he gave me when we left up there. <laughs> uh, this is this is just a, a fantastic story. I, I think it, it, you know the people that are listening on the car. We're, uh, we're we're coming up real soon against uh, against the amount of time we have on the radio. So this this shows on um, Saturday mornings on one hundred one point five FM. But if you if you've checked out the store uh, the show before, you've heard me mention that we're also available on a podcast. And so here in a few minutes, um, what we're going to do is, is we're going to have to end the radio show. Um, but then anybody that's that's still interested in the story, you and I can continue to chat for as long as you want. And, and, and maybe we'll get some of the real stories uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that happen while you're in, in Sweden. Um, but you can check that out anywhere that you get your podcast, whether that's Apple iTunes or Spotify. Um, and, uh, and look for the bonus material with the interview with Mr. Buckler. Um, there. So, for the people that are only going to be listening to the radio show, right? You got you got two minutes left here. Wh- what are some things you'd like for them to hear? Well, when he uh, told us we were leaving the next day, they brought us back to the United States. And then they told us we broke international law by taking refuge in a neutral country in time of war, and we wasn't allowed to leave the country again. This is this is a Swedish. They're telling you this. No, back in the United States. Oh, okay. So they're accusing you. Your plane gets shot down. Yeah. You make an emergency landing, yeah. and in doing so, you break the law. No, no, no I didn't break oh, the law. When you left, you broke. When, when we left the Sweden, I see. You weren't supposed to leave. Sweden. So they told you to leave. According to international law, because you weren't you weren't allowed to leave the new. You wasn't country. allowed to leave the country by taking refugees there. Okay, so. So, but then they they tell you to leave. 
they told us pack our clothes. We were leaving the next day. And then you find out that you broke the law by doing so. When you got back to the States, they told us we broke the law. Why don't I leave the country again? And they asked us, uh, where do you want to be stationed? I said, closest place to Pittsburgh. They said, how about Columbus, Ohio? That's fine with me. And the officer there says, where do you live? And I told him, Pittsburgh. He says, I'll give you a pass good for Pittsburgh. My goodness. So now you get to go home and see family for a bit. Every weekend. <laughs> but the thing of it is, the war in Germany was over in April, and then the war in Japan wasn't over till uh, August. Okay. I didn't get discharged till the end of October. But you, so you were, but you were stationed. You can't leave. You can't really join the war again. But they wouldn't let you off orders. You're, you're just there, and, and I was home every weekend. <laughs> what a, what a fantastic story! If if, uh, if you've been listening to this story, I, I'm fascinated. I hope you're fascinated. <laughs> Uh, check out if you if you go on your phone and go to uh, either Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you check out podcasts. We're going to keep chatting, but that's going to be the end of the radio show for today. Uh, thanks for for joining us. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Uh, you can find out more about doing estate planning, some of our estate planning workshops, at secklerlawfirm.com. That's s e c h l e r lawfirm.com. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.